All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 294 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board. Today, I'm joined by Daniel Wees on the board. Daniel, good to see you again. Good to see you, too. And also, 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hello there. And from the great white north, the mighty Marcus Almighty Mark. Hello, and it is very, very mighty cold. In your temperature ratings, it is a whopping one degree Fahrenheit right now here. It's not. What the hell wow. is that? Nice. That's really normal cold. numbers. It like, it's like in Celsius, it was minus. It was minus twenty one this morning Celsius okay. here. Pretty cool. Like, that's it's why I'm still wearing the same my here. Tuke. Eighteen minus Celsius yeah. over here. It's insane. The yeah. dog wanted to go out for a walk, and I was like, "Are you insane? Like, I didn't want to take her out." <laughs> Well, when you see those American shows, they don't seem to understand that they need to go and, 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 you know, go out with the dogs. Oh, the dogs are pooping all over the place. No, Austin, those guys. What the hell do you need to go for a walk with them? Or the Kardashians, it's someone else's job to walk the dog. Yeah, never seen that crap. All right, what news do we have? Uh, Kiss-related news... I don't think there's a whole lot to really discuss there. They're on tour. We'll cover some of the, the current affairs stuff during this episode of the show. Um, anyone had any recent purchases that they want to show off or any things that they're waiting on? Well, waiting on. Oh, well, I'm waiting on uh, the, the 2020 tour book, KISS tour book. I did make that purchase. Version 5, yes. Which is, is it 5 now? Yeah, and what was really cool that this week Andrew posted on a bunch of the kind of collector's websites a comparison between the five versions so that you could look and see the differences. If you're not going to, you know, 40 bucks a pop, that's 200 bucks for a complete set of five copies, probably a bit more to get the Japanese version imported if you really, really, really want that. But uh, nice to see the kind of the layout changes as it's evolved. So it's cool to see that they're doing a work in progress for it. Very smart. Good business because there are people who will buy multiples. Every and, yeah, you know, I'll probably yeah. get a new one at the next show we go to. So um, I'm going to put my version one up on eBay since it was probably the second copy ever sold. The other the, thing I just I found this yesterday. This is a. Oh, <laughs> nice. This is from my original. Uh, Alive 2? Alive 2 album, yeah. It obviously, it was. Like, Which one did you use? The ring was yeah. used. Well, I don't think I used them. I think uh, I used them for a, a friend of mine. I know I did the rose uh, first for my friend because when we dressed up as Kiss at Halloween, he put the rose on his shoulder because um, he was Paul Stanley, right? Uh, for that. <laughs> so, and we didn't call him the Star Child back then. We called him what he was. It's Paul Stanley, you know. So yeah, I found this. I'm gonna stick it back. It was it got separated from my Live Two album, um, so I'm gonna put that back in there. Of course, I have many other others of this because I have more copies of Live Two. I have pristine, pristine, you know, versions of this. So that one's uh, near mint condition. Yeah, <laughs> definitely I don't not. Know. Yeah, so I haven't added anything into my collection this week. One thing I have done, and this will be for the new podcast, that we're, the sidecast that we're doing, is we've got our first buttons for that show. So anyone who's yes. on the show is getting a stack of these. Um, well, not a stack, 10 to start off with. And, uh, <laughs> if you know them, they'll happily give you one. Um, or maybe they'll sell you one, like 10 cents. Um, what other news? Sad, sad day. This is going out of print. The time has oh, come yeah. to take it out of uh, circulation, so there's going to be some copies in distribution channels for a little bit, but it's the end of the road for the Gene Simmons vault supplement. He's still doing vaults. I just had an email um, that, again, during the tour, 
you still have the opportunity and they're doing it the same format as previous that you basically just do your meet and greet and get the book signed with Gene and get your items signed and then they ship you the vault and it doesn't include any of the goodies um, in the secret compartment though it still comes with the action mm. figure or doll whichever you prefer the medallion and of course the, yes. the beautiful beautiful vault so that one's get those copies while they're still there I still there. have I have the original copy of the is, green. It, is it still so, I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's even green it's like a pre-copy or whatever it's one of your very very first yeah, they're things. like 20, 29 freaking printings. Come on, it's me. How many times <laughs> did I edit the thing and change things and add it's things? In my, it's in my vault right down here. Yeah. Go look. Yeah. I got a couple copies of my vault. Is there, well, sorry, Mark. Is there anyone, are there any of those still available? I've never got a copy of that. I'd wanted to get one. They're up on, they're available Amazon. via Amazon. Oh. And they are should there? have them. Okay. Yeah. They'll probably okay. stay in stock for a little while. What happens when okay. I take something out of print is I just tell the manufacturer no more sales of these, uh, or in the case of the hardcover, a- no more distribution. That means I can still order hardcovers. The paperbacks are gone forever. I'll mm. still have a. I've ordered a few to ha- stick with. I've got some buttons coming in, um, and some of the the color photo postcards that I used to include. So I'll put some premium okay. copies up for any laggards who really, really want one that all come sealed and signed and all that crap Ooh. just for, so that they're out there for a little bit longer, but that's it. I you mean, know. I mean, you've, you've written so many good books, Julian, is there one that has uh, sold a bit more than the others or is it just about the same? Or is there one, I would say the the soul albums book was like, I would really like good. to think. Yeah. I would like um, to have seen that getting some copies moved it's very difficult with the kind of the companies that i've used for printing to actually get like a a proper accounting of how many copies any of my books have sold i think um from kind of the the audits that i did of you know in recent years that the solo album book has been the most successful by far the odyssey book was uh a disappointment com- in comparison uh, but really? again yeah well that had so much bad mojo attached to it in the background anyway by the time it got out and then it was released early um you know it was all, mm. all a bit of a cluster but also the topic i think was less agreeable and then of course the crazy nights book is kind of a complete flop because people don't like the blurb on the background where i call it a failure but then in the book i go on to explain you know that it wasn't a failure as such Mm. but it was certainly didn't meet the expectations of paul stanley and what the band were aiming for so that that one's put off people from buying it just because they judge it by don't judge a book by its cover there you go kind of like the unmasked Uh, thing with the i still think they stink bit yeah yeah i I probably put my foot in it by writing the blurb as i did and you know that's perfectly fine which reminds me you know odyssey is going to get a change very soon as well because i'm coming to the end of the licensing period for the two photographs included in it so i'm going to have to submit a updated version of the interior and i swapped out an interview i got rid of uh sebastian seb hunter's interview uh, in later versions of it and replaced it with the kiss catalog consultant interview. So a couple, a couple little changes on that. It's, it's never ending. You know, my books uh, were never meant to be static carved in stone. There are moments in time for, you know, updates, all the stuff that's in the vault book will go probably go into an updated kiss and recordings focus one. Um, oh, nice. that's been, that's been out of print for years. And when you've got that and you've got everything that's come since, and a lot of the demos that have been uncovered, it's um, overdue, and also it needs a decent cover and just be a hardback. So yeah, it's overdue. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I've I've been wondering is is uh, I mean, is it like choosing between your own babies, or or do you have a favorite yourself among the ones you've written? Um, I I don't consider them written. I always consider them compiled. <laughs> Um, because they're interviews and um, do I have a favorite the ones with Tim because they were his ideas 
because they were kind of his genesis and his legwork and his tra his transcription. Um, you know, both of those were a great part of history for where the FAQ was. They're very kind of melancholy or bittersweet because they're where the FAQ could have gone had circumstances been otherwise. Odyssey, because that album meant you know, so much to me in terms of where I was as a fan uh, growing yeah. up, even though it ended horrendously. Um, th that's probably my favorite. And because I think there's still so much more, there could be a volume. Two. Oh, there's a lot more. There's yeah, so sure. much more on that one that wasn't really kind of scraped uh, when we dug into it, even though Tim found guys like the door builder, you know, the, the prop builders <laughs> yeah. and all of that. Yeah. I still think there are a good 15 interviews. And of course the full Bob interview that, you know, will never see the light of day, unfortunately oh. because of me. Um, but there, there's so much more. That... Yeah, but do you have any, any more projects on the horizon or, or, uh, yeah, there's one you do that I'm looking forward to actually the Aerosmith one, right? Yeah. The but kiss ones. Isn't no. there a oh, hot? In the sh I thought there was a hot in the shade era. I was. Yeah. I've started doing interviews for it, but whether or not it ever gets to the point where it becomes a, a book is a whole different matter. Whether it ever gets mm -hmm. to the point where I've got enough of them to do an, an anniversary feature, it's just mm -hmm. not as fun. Um, kind of doing it all on your own, whereas the ones with Tim, where he was basically doing all the real work. <laughs> Come on, let's let's be fair. Those interviews, he tracked them down, he did them, he you know transcribed them, and then I came together with kind of the connected. Tim issue so you know when there was a, a partnership for a common goal doing those celebrations it was much easier i tried to do crazy nights all on my own um doesn't quite meet the standard that tim set you know there were people missing like desmond just could not get him so you know are there projects well that one always sits it's a seed whether it grows or becomes a weed doesn't matter the aerosmith one will probably happen uh, but again uh, i'm working on interviews with people associated with the band you know i've interviewed tommy interviewed eric interviewed bruce interviewed the guy who rejected them um but i still have a long list of people i need to get quotes from to kind of sprinkle throughout that book to make up for you know some of the areas that are lacking 1972 mm -hmm. is horrendous mm -hmm. 1971 <laughs> is basically fiction you know, from what's out there that, you know, sure. you, you can't go back and reconstruct something. Uh, oh. Maybe Raymond would be useful for some of that, but uh, have to wait and see. But there, there are a whole bunch of drama that band as well. You know, whatever happened to uh, Andrew's project? Uh, he seems to be doing a whole lot of different projects, but I was looking forward to the one he was, you know, Ken, you mentioned Hot in the Shade. He was talking about doing something. You know, there's a lot of backstage and uh, rehearsals and, and stuff from that era. It would be nice to have someone like Andrew putting it together uh, like in an hour or one and a half hour doing a cool video. But I haven't heard him mention it for quite a while. Maybe he's given up on it. I don't know. Have you heard anything? I was looking forward to it. I think with a lot of things, people who work on things don't talk about them until they've actually got something, because we know yeah. how well that works out in the KISS community when you talk things up before you actually, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you get crucified, <laughs> well, especially when you start selling it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, you know, no. what what he said he's working on in, in the past. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, maybe he's working on other things. All I know is that regardless of anyone, and, you know, there are things being worked on officially and unofficially. Whether or not any of them come out that we get to mm -hmm. enjoy is a completely different matter. So... All right, should we do a show now? Well, maybe. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I am not the topic today. Why not? It's all about Julian. It's nice to talk about what you've done as well. Yeah. And it's not nice to see the, 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 the wizard of wisdom is back as well. It's nice to see. Yeah. With the wizard's yeah. shirt there. Yeah. Looking wow. good. All right, so let's talk about some of the, the recent KISS stuff. Um, 
I think I, since I haven't spoken enough already, I'm going to just read part of this proclamation. In South Carolina on the 11th, it was proclaimed Kiss Day by the governor of that great state. And there's just a couple parts of this that I'll read. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's so pompous. Uh, whereas <laughs> rock and roll music is an inextricable part of America's shared cultural fabric. And whereas since 1974, members of the rock band Kiss have traveled the world serving as preeminent American ambassadors of rock and roll and whereas millions of concert goers in dozens of nations have witnessed what has been described as one of the greatest live concert performances and experience in history and they need to put another comma in there jesus running out of air Uh, whereas designated as america's number one gold record award-winning group kisses sold over 100 million albums worldwide and continues to reverberate throughout the world's musical landscape and whereas the end of the road world tour marks the last kiss live concert performance to be held in the state of carolina uh, of south carolina um i proclaim and his name um sir henry mcmaster governor of the great state of south carolina does therefore proclaim february the 11th as kiss day throughout the state and encourage all South Carolinans to rock and roll all night (laughs) in recognition of the contributions and achievements of kiss and recognize the role that the members of this hall of fame band have played in introducing the world to a uniquely American brand of music. I said, I wasn't going to read it all. And I did felt like I should be standing hand on heart. Uh, Yeah. Salute the kiss army. Uh, There you go. I think I threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's I mean it's it doesn't a... go it doesn't work when you talk about a rock and roll band. It's just mm. a rock and roll band. I mean it means a whole lot Sounds more like... to us. But when you do that kind of stuff, I think it, it doesn't work for me when they talk about rock bands as some sort of geniuses like Nelson Mandela or someone. I you mean know, it doesn't, but doesn't that go band. Yeah, but doesn't that go in the, into the face of what they've always kind of stood for? And even what Dog said, that these guys are not about a band that pushes their political things or anything like that. So, you know. Yeah. Why well, they made it sound so grandiose. And, you it know. sounds like it was dictated to them by Gene. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you get the 100 million in there. Ah, yeah, yeah. Number gold one, record. gold record gold, champions. Gold <laughs> you know, here, here are the 10 yeah. bullet points that we require you but I think that's really cool you know wherever it's yeah, done it's yeah it's cheesy yeah. yeah it makes you vomit a little bit in your mouth it's it's a very American thing to do these kiss day um, rather than feed the homeless you know so it, it, it's yeah. cool it's recognition it's them on the news it's them on on Facebook so it's nice just to share that kind of cheesiness yeah. Um, even if it doesn't mean a thing to you. Because um, Dan- Daniel's correct. I agree with him completely. A bit of news you forgot, though, uh, Joanne, is that Kiss is going to be on you know, America's Got Talent next week. I didn't miss it. It's just further down my list. But, you know, okay. what, what song do you think they're going to play this time, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> this is what usually happens. They usually play either Rock and Roll All Night or Detroit Rock City. Um mm-hmm. I think when they were on their last time, they played Detroit Rock City. So maybe they'll do Rock and I'm hoping that they'll do something else. Wake it up. A Gene. Charisma. Well, a Gene song. <laughs> you know, a Gene. Even, you know, I guess someone mentioned Shout It Out Loud on the board. I thought, well, yeah, maybe. That that might be because they never do that. On it's short. Shows. And it's kind of catchy, right? So yeah. who knows? <laughs> you know what? But we're probably going to rock and roll. There's maybe. probably four <laughs> songs. You know, shout it out loud, Detroit Rock City, Rock and Roll All Nights, or Lick It Up. God help us if it's I Was Made for Loving You, but um, I'd be, I think Shout It Out Loud is actually a very good idea for that because it's one that, again, Paul can exhort the audience and get them rowdy, get the judges shouting, uh, or however it works. I told my wife this morning that I'm going to have to watch America Got Talent this week, and she's just rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> rightfully so yeah. Yeah, that's right well i did actually and i'm not one who actually gives a shit about watching them on tv i tuned into judge judy yesterday it's on at four oh, I saw that. Yeah. I, and i wanted to I see who these that. people were who were um suing one another and counter suing for slander over the costume gone wrong um everyone 
who I'd seen talking about the show on on Facebook was kind of mentioning one character who's got a pretty bad reputation, and I'd never heard of either of these two guys. First thing I did was just check that they're not on my friends list. Um, unfortunately, they weren't. But my goodness, it it was epic to have the 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 plaintiff complaining about the difference between Psycho Circus and Destroyer oh, Upper man. Shells to Judge Judy. I'd like to see that. Someone needs to put that up on YouTube yeah, or something. Yeah, it's already been up and taken down, and it'll be up again, okay. I'm sure. But it was actually... Judge Judy's funny. She doesn't put up with anyone's shit. Um, Is that for real, that show? Do people do like that in America? You know, go to judge a judge, and she can... I mean, she's like a showman it's, it's like she's an artist almost when when she's sitting up there and i think she is a natural so, judge it's it's yeah. like yeah a, she is but is it for real it's real well you know, it's not it, it's not your real Definitely. court but it is binding because i believe mm-hmm. and again i'm not going to look into it because i just don't care i believe both parties okay. agree to have you know basically a binding yeah. decision according to the law and she is a lawyer judge um you know any of them are so but mm-hmm. obviously the entertainment value is pumped up yeah. of course that they pick cases that are likely to have some sort of drama but uh, i got to the end of this episode and you know it was just, it was very short um i think one commercial break and i was just like it lacked any pyrotechnics or fireworks it was really pretty boring to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. They both were very reasonable people even though they'd obviously had a disagreement financially there wasn't any you know she just told one person to sit down once so you know if it's online check it out because it is kind of funny but it, fortunately it didn't give kiss fans a bad name mm-hmm. just well, that's good just kind of yeah. the, the sort of pathetic stuff you see elsewhere um this week also the interview with Doc McGee dropped and there were some yeah. parts of that, yeah, yeah. you know, that's kind of... Uh, stirred up things. Well, I don't know how much it stirred things up, but it was very vanilla, you know, first question. I think it was off. a good interview. It was decent. Very good There's interview. No, no doubt about it. it. It's not what you're going to... Let's let's make this clear. You get 10 minutes to talk to Doc. you got to be focused you got to get your questions in. Um, you're not going to start off with a, a, a mic drop question where he may drop his mic and walk out. Um, mm-hmm. You also know the role of what you want to attain. So everyone's, I'm sure, can you know armchair quarterback interviewing anyone. But, you know, oh, yeah. the first question up is what makes Kiss the greatest show on earth? So that's a great question to all of you guys. You know, Doc gave the usual sorts of fire and blood and explosions um it's not power it's very powerful it's not pretentious and um some people love the songs some people love the show so ken what's your take on what makes kiss the greatest show on earth well you know it's the best of both worlds or every world whatever you want to call it because you got the the show of course with the bombs and fire and lasers and stuff then you have uh the the costumes the makeup superhero kind of thing um you know alter images of you know real people they're they're kind of these characters um and then the other is obviously the the music the music uh and the music is very important because if the music sucks it's not it's it's not gonna make it i don't care what kind of show you have if that music is crap you'll never it'll never last very long um not at least 45 or over 45 years so um and that's it that's what makes it the the uh, greatest show on earth because it has a little bit of everything for everybody Uh, you know old people young people everything it's it's you know kind of fantasy come to life nice Mark, what would be your take on on the same question? Well, um, I think the answer to that has changed throughout the years, I think, because nowadays I think it's it's all about the show, obviously, because the performance of it has changed throughout the years. You know, it's gotten older, you know, but, you know, back in the Alive era and stuff like that, you know, yeah, the show was important, but they were really raw and hungry and they performed really good. And it was really, you know, high energy 
in the middle era, they did really good too. They had a really elaborate kind of stage setting and stuff like that. So it was about the show as well, but they still had a great element of performance to it. And the songs were really good then. You know, a lot of people like Daniel and myself like the 80s era. And I think when they did like, you know, like the Lick It Up tours and stuff like that, you know, the, the show went down a notch and as far as there wasn't as much maybe bombs or pyro and stuff like that. So they did, you know, rely more on the songs and the songs were excellent in that time. So I think what makes them the greatest show on earth has changed from time to time. But, you know, nowadays I say what makes them the greatest show is definitely the stage show. I mean, all the different uh, things that they have on stage, all the bombs and stuff like that. Like my sister, when she went and saw them with me back, even as far back as Psycho Circus, she knew very little of Kiss, but she was thoroughly entertained because of the show. So that ultimately... uh, you know, is the most important. That's the selling card for for a kiss, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that that's what brings all the not so diehard kiss fans to the show is that they know they're going to have a great show. They're going to be entertained. Uh, uh, quickly, uh, Mark, you know, the like Lick It Up tour, for instance, mm. they didn't have a lot of bombs. Well, they didn't have any bombs or fire in the Lick It Up show I saw because it was in a small theater berkeley community theater and the, the fire marshal wouldn't allow them mm-hmm. to use it so they, they had to do it with just the raw energy and uh, and, yeah, and, and they the music running down the stage and they did and that was the look it up tour um and mm-hmm. then the other thing is uh for instance like the stone uh, the the club uh that obviously you're not going to have all that stuff in the club <laughs> and it was just but it was it was like just fantastic uh even without that stuff, they were able to, at least back then, bring the energy. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, less energy I, now. I mean, they're they're not they're not youngsters anymore, right? Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm. That was my point exactly, yeah. because you know, back then, you know, it was different. They could they could just go up there with just regular street clothes and play the stuff like they did in the club tour, and it was amazing. That was one of my favorite things I saw was the club tour, like uh, shows that they did there. It was really, really, really cool. You know, but, you know, people want to see the big, big show. That's ultimately what they return to. But it is interesting how Doc said, though, that, you know, it's a show for the family now. You know, back in the day, you know, th- th- that that term is what killed them in Dynasty, that it turned into a family kind of Walt Disney thing that they were like, oh, no, what happened to my cool leather clad band? Now they turned into like a thing where all these little kitties are coming out to now. But now they have no issue with that. So and yeah. that's what it's turned into. And. That's fine. Daniel, what for you? Well, I have to agree with what uh, Ken and Mark are saying, of course. Uh, A lot of good points. But I think another thing is that if you think about KISS when they were at the height of their powers, I'd say somewhere in the 70s, you had uh, four stars. I mean, most bands don't have more than two stars. But when KISS was huge and at the height of the powers they had four stars in the band you could i i imagine you could watch peter chris and you knew who he were and who he was and you were interested in him and the same goes for ace and peter and paul uh later on it became clear that they didn't manage to find ways to create a band with four stars uh vinnie was never a star Eric Carr was a fan favorite, but never a star. Uh, neither Bruce Kulick or anybody else. And not even when they put the guys in makeup, Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer, uh, people gravitate towards Paul and Gene. But back in the day, they had four stars. They were all in- interesting. They had good stories and the mystique and all. Um, if you look at a band like Aerosmith, I don't even know what... Uh, I, now I know, but back in the day, I didn't even know who the bass player was. I didn't know his name. Uh, the drummer, I didn't know it was called, what's his name? Kramer? Joey, Joey Kramer. Joey, Joey Kramer. Kramer. Uh, he's back in the band. I saw he was out for a while, but now he's back. Okay. And uh, I didn't know them. And they didn't look very exciting on stage. And the same goes for Judas Priest, you know, the bass player there. He's solid. <laughs> But it always does. <laughs> yeah. And you can pick any band, I think. And you won't find four stars or f- even five stars if if they have a, another. The Beatles. Dan Halen. Yeah. yeah, the Beatles. Yeah, the Beatles, of course. Yep. Um, but I, th- I think that was a big thing with Kiss. Oh, yeah. 
or ACDC. Mm -hmm. He had Cliff on one side and Malcolm on the yeah. other. And all they would do on stage was occasionally come up to the mics and then step exactly. back. Exactly. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. But, uh, but that's fine. You know, it's all different. I mean, for me, I think what makes it the greatest show on earth, it's now the show. Uh, the, and the soundtrack, because the energy and the performance is not, you know, kind of what it is, but it's more social. Again, I, I kind of say this in every episode. It's I'm congregating with people. It doesn't matter if that guy over there has a different political outlook for me or that one has a religious issue or that one's a vegan. You know, what brings us all together at that show is that we all love the same music the same band and i find it much more unifying um and it feels good it's like you do come in there and it's got the disney kind of thing that you left all your crap at the door you're not going to have someone right. telling you to to save the rainforest even if you know oh. that it needs to be done you're not going to have someone reminding you about global well actually if it gets a little bit hot because of global warming and you need something to cool you down so i i think it brings us all together more you know we don't speak the same language but we can be at the same show singing the same words you know, it, it's much easier to do that than to go to what is it, baby metal show and try and sing those lyrics. Yeah. yeah. So well, there's I, definitely definitely something more than just bombs and pyrotechnics. I, I just remember going with my girlfriend to to a Kiss show and to a Metallica show, uh, and she almost left when we watched Metallica because she she Ooh. thought they were boring as hell. She's not a Kiss fan, but she enjoyed herself when we watched Kiss big time. So there's something more to it. There is, but maybe it's because we're so invested in it as well and have been so invested in it. And even people who may be going to their first show know something about what they're about to witness, that it has a reputation, that it has a kind of a history, that, you know, these were the devils from the 80s you know that the protesters there's still kind of an aura around them but for us fans it's still you know it, it's like the ultimate get off work and let your hair down that you're going you know the words you know the people it's like a family reunion from hell so <laughs> i love it look forward to no. this one all right let's go on to the next part of that uh David Garibaldi and now David Lee Roth. I mean, Doc mentioned that he's the package guy. Well, yeah, flying in drugs. <laughs> yeah, what hell of a package guy. Um, you know, but obviously David Garibaldi was awesome. And I, I didn't know that he was going to do the first leg. I, I think he was always set up, but then suddenly couldn't do it. So, you know, they got uh, David Lee Roth in. And Doc takes value, uh, you know, kind of credit for bringing David Lee Roth in, wanting to give the... I wish he'd stop... All of these rockers would stop referring to the audience as kids. You know, there's a lot of grandparents in the audience now. Um, you know, give value for money and, you know, Kiss doesn't play well in kind of the package deal. Well, they've done enough of that in recent years. They've done Motley Crue. They've done Aerosmith. They've done uh, Def Leppard. So that yeah. one's kind of, of milked it. You know, yeah. What's your thoughts on packages? Is that done? And is David Lee Roth good value for money? Uh, what's your perception, Daniel? Yeah, I've been watching quite a few clips of him on uh, live, and uh, he's pretty entertaining. Uh, I'd, I'd watch him. At a show, I'd stay and watch uh, the opening band if he was the open had the opening slot. Uh, so, so I think he is, and he's chosen his material very wisely. David Lee Roth or Garibaldi attract a Kiss audience. You know the big hits. No, no uh, strange stuff from his solo albums. Uh, so he works very well as an opening act. Uh, I'm not sure how much he costs. It can't be that expensive. But uh, I, I never saw the painter, but I, I do prefer this one in, in front of any painter live, I think. Uh, I think it was a strange <laughs> choice. I mean, watching up, watching, uh, I, I can't, uh, it was such a crazy idea. Only Kiss could have thought of it. But uh, it seems to have uh, worked quite well, actually, the, the painter stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it, it, it wasn't like rock, well, watching Bob Ross. Now I'm going to do some happy clouds. These are yeah, happy no. trees. No, I no. mean, David Garibaldi was performance. So, uh, Ken, what's your thought on that? Yeah, well, the package, uh, you know, I don't consider uh, David Lee Roth as a, a package deal. The package deals are usually uh, either it's, you know, the big three to four bands um, or a, a co-headlining uh, thing, like which, you know, Kiss basically did, well, like I said, with Molly Crew and, and uh, Def Leppard and going back to Aerosmith even um, those were more of a package where they have the same amount of time on stage same same length set list um, and there's you know yeah well, one has to open for the other but it, it's a, it's a package to, to try to bring out more fans and get them into the seats uh, I, I understand uh, you know David Lee Roth it was a little bit late in the game I think getting him in there um, uh, I think it is probably helping sales, but uh, it's it's just an opening act. It's not a package. It's but it's a good thing. I mean, I, I love early Van Halen, you know. So I'm looking forward to you know seeing that in a few weeks. Agreed. I only I only want one song performed, and that's Unchained. And then I'll be. Yeah, happy. great song. Yeah, yeah, great song. Mark. Yeah. Um. It's interesting. I, I think the whole thing behind bringing David Garibaldi in to begin with was that it was the ideal situation for a KISS show. No having to lug out all this gear and setting it up in front and the sound guy having to sit there and set up a whole bunch of cues for this band and stuff like that. All they had to do was set up one microphone for him and patch in a CD player for the music and that's it easy breezy you know up and down and he's out of there and, and all everything could be set perfectly for a KISS. So it was ideal for, especially if you're in a band that's that's toured a lot, or you know, because I've done quite a few, well, quite a bit of touring. And when you realize that the, the what happens in between bands in, in the setup and all that stuff, it can become a bit of a nightmare. And there's always some kind of technical issue. Some mic forgot to get put in, or something happened. Somebody kicked something. Who knows, right? But you know, having something like that, there's never any issues. Now you have David Lee Roth and you have to set up a band. But like Ken said, I think that having David Lee Roth helps with the ticket sales. Definitely. I think there's no question in my mind about that because, you know, there are definite people who are into the whole Van Halen thing, whether it's Van Halen proper or just David Lee Roth doing it. And, you know, and I think if you're a Kiss fan who's maybe on the fence, you know, painter opening or Van Halen's front man. I think you would obviously go for David Lee Roth opening if you were unsure about going to the show. So I think it definitely helped on on that end of things, you know. And, and I and again, I love how Doc mentioned that he's the package guy and now how he he and he named off the only packages that he did like eons ago, Cinderella and this. I like that was like 25, 30 years ago, those packages happened. Like, come on, man. Like, something recent, you know? Like, the, the, he really only named stuff that was back in dinosaur era. So, any case, <laughs> uh, whatever. It, it's it's good, though. I, I think this is a much better touring package than before. And and, you're, and Ken's right. This is not a, you know, this is not an equal situation where David gets the same amount of time as Kiss. He gets, like, 45 minutes and that's it. But still, it's much better to have 45 minutes of David Lee Roth, I think, than having 45 minutes of painting. Yeah, and that's really forcing David to be concise. You know, mm -hmm. what he's he's doing about 12 yeah. songs and not getting much time to preen himself like a Randy <laughs> Cock. Um, another <laughs> cool part of the interview with Doc was him talking about, you know, the last show in New York. And it was kind of framed of, is it a feeling or is that set in stone? And I, mm -hmm. I must say, you know, Doc went into polit politician mode, you know, instantaneous caveat that what we believe today, <laughs> you know, is, yes. you know, it's certainly the end of the road for Gene and Paul. Um, mm -hmm. So what does that mean that what we believe today I, I guess you got to leave it open for a possible encounter with a car wash guy. Um, 2.0. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, what what we believe today, I mean it's weird. I mean, Daniel, your thoughts on that? Well, um they might be thinking of uh possibilities after the the tour. Uh, they still need to make money um, and I'm sure they have a lot of ideas uh, uh, David Lee Roth even had an idea I don't know if you read that he thought Kiss should have six different bands who toured, that toured the world well, and uh, he thought that Kiss transcended music much like the, the Blue Man group and, uh, and he gave some other examples uh, so uh, I don't know uh, they sure as hell can't go on touring with Paul much more. And this is without the, you know, farewell feeling of this tour, they would move the amount of tickets that they're doing now. And they can't get away with the same thing for a third time, you know. Mm-hmm. So the tour, I think that that will be the final show for Gene and Paul. But I'm sure they will find some way of, promoting KISS music live in some form. Uh, whether Maybe it's uh, with uh, different band members, but they, then it won't be as big, big of course. Uh, or maybe they will be using holograms, who knows. But they will <laughs> come up with something, and you guys will buy it. Maybe. I, th- I think I we will all will, but well. you know, you yeah. know the, the South Carolina governor said it all. Um, but let me read you that quote from – that was David Lee Roth in the Lexington Herald Leader. And he mm-hmm. said, Kiss has yeah. transcended the bias of music the way Cirque du Soleil or Blue Moon Group has. Um, mm-hmm. I myself would recommend to them, in fact, if in fact this is the final tour, perhaps go Blue Man Group. Why couldn't there be six variations of Kiss traveling on the continent? It includes so much more than just the music. It begins with the music, but extends into theater. Um, and I'll say with respect, circus. I absolutely agree with David Lee Roth. You know, officially sanctioned bands. Can you imagine? You know, have multiple ones. You have the Dynasty, I'm sorry, Dynasty era <laughs> tribute band touring Australia. And then you've got the Kiss 74 Leather and Fire tour going on in the smaller venues in, of Europe. Um, and then you've got maybe even the Asylum tour doing the Vegas residency. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the. We have to remember that KISS has transcended just being a band. And while we may have things, you know, while we see the wheels of the car starting to rust and the body getting a a bit banged out of shape as the individual members hit 70, that becoming a franchise is kind of what the band has always been about, that in the 70s when they started thinking of buying up property what was it in cleveland or outside of cleveland for the Mm. kiss kiss theme park that it's always been in the back of their mind when they became kiss vegas you know sure they overextended themselves but they didn't have 45 years of you know indoctrination to become that way so ken you know bring us the wizard's reason well if you go back uh uh we talked about, I think we had an episode, I don't know, a couple of years back or so. Uh, we talked about KISS 2.0, and one of those topics was about a sanctioned type band. I don't know whose idea was it, but about, you know, multiple bands uh, doing different kinds of uh, shows in different eras, um, uh, which was, you know, a great idea. Now, as for uh, Gene and Paul, is it N for Gene and Paul? Um, that means at least for touring. So maybe they're not going to tour. Maybe they'll still play a festival here and there, um, or, or a Las Vegas run possibly. Or the other thing is the, it's the talk of maybe Tommy and Eric will be there and they'll bring in some new guys. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, to fill the shoes and kind of weed. And then once this, that, that's established, then you weed out, you know, Eric Singer and Tommy and bring in other guys. I, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, I, I'm thinking about, you know, sometimes you can find people that can somewhat fill the shoes of the prior performer in a band. For instance, Bon Scott 
And then you had Brian Johnson. I mean, they're different. It's just different, different singer, but it, it, it bring it brought in a new era and a, and a bunch of new fans. Um, cause it, it worked. Uh, you, they found the right guy. Uh, if they found maybe someone else, ACD found someone else. I think if they didn't pick him and they picked someone else, I think it would, it wouldn't have gone over as well. It was just the right, again, chemistry and the right talent, uh, coming into that band so i think it's possible uh it could happen that you could get some good guys to fill in the shoes of the originals but you know remains to be seen (laughs) yeah daniel what's your thought on that well um i think um Paul and Gene won't be touring anymore. That's my main point. But I'm sure they will find in other ways of making money off the band. And uh, <laughs> they've surprised us before. They come up with stuff. I didn't think they would. I mean, when I saw Eric Singer in the cat makeup, I thought this ain't going to work. But after a year or two, didn't care about it. So uh, they are very good at coming up with new ways of, you know, making money. Well, Personally, I think that uh, they're right, you guys, that they're, they're going to come up with ways. They always come up with ways to do it. I mean, Gene has 100 ideas in the morning of how to make money with Kiss's name on it. So that's I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think if they're going to find a way to move Kiss forward as a touring entity without them, that's the thing. I mean, they, they need to find some ways to uh, stall a little because I still think that they need a little bit more time for uh, Evan and uh, Nick there to get prepared. So I'm still convinced <laughs> they're going in. I'm convinced yeah. they're going in. Give it time. They're gonna. It, it's family business. This is good. They're going in. They're. They can play both of them. They can sing both of them. You know. Gene Storer can also sing. So we maybe put her in the band as well. <laughs> hey. Oh, interesting. You, you never mean, know. She Who could knows? be a, a female ace. Oh no, she can't yeah. play guitar. Well, you can have a backing crack. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking of uh, Press, you know, when we saw them perform in uh, LA mm, right. a few years yeah. ago. Yeah, that worked very nicely. Great players as well. Um, yeah. So and, uh, Anything's possible. I mean, that, this is yeah. this. Nothing's yeah. impossible. And right. they're not afraid to fail because someone else would be footing the bill. There'll be some investor who comes in and says, I want to do a review with the official Kiss tribute band. You know, I want them doing the 74 set that I remember seeing. You know, I'm retired now. I've got all this money to burn. Well, there'll be someone who saw, who uh, who wants to package tributes. Can you imagine a traveling package reliving 75? You know, mm. so dress to kill set and having a Rush tribute band open. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be but fun. they did that. They did that here in in Ontario, actually. Here, like in, in Brampton, where I live, they had Destroyer, which I'm wearing their two okay. actually, their tribute band. Uh, salute to those guys. I love those guys. And uh, they actually had a Rush tribute band open here at the Rose Theater when I went to see That's them. Cool. So it was it was fantastic. It was they they played early Rush stuff, right? That wasn't period correct because they the kiss band like the destroyer played up to like psycho circus stuff mm. and the rush band played up to like permanent waves so but it was still it was a cool idea of having the rush band opening and then the kiss band as the main thing it was really really good it was a great idea yeah because then you could bring back you know kind of the old hand crank obviously with modern technology so that it actually worked most of the time the peter chris's exploding drumsticks um mm-hmm. You know, and kind of the effects that they did legitimately for each tour with the costumes. So I don't doubt that Dave Lee Roth is absolutely right that, you know, it's going to be McDonaldized and franchised to the point where, you know, different seasons will be different, you know, treasons, different versions of the uh, kind of the touring band with whichever, you know, tribute act or if they do pick, you know, people like Evan. But I, I don't see that happening. I would have thought Evan would have wanted his own legitimate music career because the guy can play the shit out of a guitar, you know. Yeah. But, can, but, but money can he talks. Write? But can he write? Uh, two yeah. very vastly different things. Being able to play blues licks and 
guitar. And playing clubs level. or playing playing in, in bigger venues. What would you rather do? Yeah, do you have the charisma and balls <laughs> to get up on that gigantic stage? Because it takes a whole load to yeah. actually do it. It's one thing to be drunk at a karaoke and another to <laughs> perform for people who are paying money for it. Let's move on to just a, a couple other sections of this uh, interview that was, you know, on with with Doc. Um, past members was covered, and I think that that was cool that it was. I Again, mm-hmm. I feel that Doc's a politician, and I don't believe anyone's been invited unless they actually <laughs> show me video of the phone call taking place, because it's very flippant and easy to say, yeah, we've invited them all, but maybe it didn't get past Ace's manager, or, you know, maybe it didn't reach Meredith. It, you know, it just, you know... It's easy to say, yeah, we did that. You know, we asked them. So uh, I would love for it to be kind of official and totally transparent so that there is no doubt that, say, Vinny's been invited and, you know, Vinny's thinking about it and how would he want to participate to get that? Because, you know, Doc's saying that Gene and Paul have no problem with anyone, you know, with history, with the band to come out and be part of the celebration of the end of Kiss. Um but he always goes back and says that it's up to them because everyone's kind of, and he did say kind of been invited. Well, kind of a very big bridge. Um, (laughs) But again, as we all know, there's lots of problems of how to do it. I think the best part of what he said with that was we celebrate them every night. And I've said that before. Mm -hmm. Um, So doc, you can send the check to PO box. Um, (laughs) Every night that they go out on stage, and it has always been the case from 1979 onwards, they're celebrating the people who wrote that music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, except when it gets butchered by people. Uh, Dana, what's your thought on all of that? Well, I don't think we will see a whole lot of guest appearances. Maybe for the final show at Madison Square Garden. It would make sense uh, to bring on the guys on stage there. Bruce would do it. Uh, I know Ace would probably want some money for it. Uh, but uh, they could give him a check and have him up, uh, up on stage. But I don't really, the more I think of it, I, I have a hard time seeing it on stage. You know, Bruce coming in, in uh, uh, you know, street clothes playing. Yeah. And when most of the fans are, you know, people who, what, a guy without makeup on Kiss stage? Who the hell is that? What is he doing there? And he's playing the Tears of Foreign solo or something. It wouldn't add a whole lot to the show for, you know, for us, of course. But for the regular guy, it wouldn't mean anything. They would just think it looked strange. And uh, uh, so, so I don't think they will do it. Maybe for the final show, but, but not before that. Yeah, that, that's actually a very good perspective. I hadn't really thought about it in those kind of terms before. Ken, you know, what are your, your thoughts, especially on what Daniel's just said? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Daniel. Um, I think that the last show is the only real opportunity to have any of those members come back. As for are they, are they inviting them, I doubt they invited Vinny. Um, I highly doubt that. Um, they may have mentioned uh, something to Ace and Peter, and like you know, hey, let us know if you want to join us for, you know, one song probably right uh, on stage or something like that, or maybe like it's probably would it probably say rock and roll night. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing that's what it would be. Yeah, for the last song, <clears throat> please join us. Um, if you would like to, <clears throat> you're not going to get paid anything um, <laughs> or very little. Um, yeah. But, you know, so I, I don't think probably the price is not right or we would have seen maybe them, maybe. Uh, on a few did you shows see or... the did you see the the tour with Metallica? You know, the big four Metallica, the big Megadeth, four. And, <clears throat> mm-hmm. And they played together. And then at one point, they all went up on stage and played uh, that old Diamond Head song. And it's kind of fun, but it's it's hard to have a lot of bands on stage or additional members. It's like not the same. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It's just fun, but I don't think it works. I ref- but you know what, though? I always think back to when Metallica did that 
week long uh, anniversary yeah, that was special cool. that he Out of a different guy. They brought Jason Newstead one night. They brought back the original guy, Ron McGovney. He went up and played bass for them once for a night. They brought Dave Mustaine up, which was like a big thing at that time that he came up and played with them. Yeah, it, it, it was unbelievable. Like, and, and they they did it. You know what I mean? I mean, sure, it's a bit different. They don't have to wear costumes and makeup and stuff like that, so it's a bit different. But I think anything anything is possible, though. I mean, if you really wanted to make it work. You can make it work, you know. The, I mean, the one thing that I think that you guys mentioned, though, that that's very important to keep in mind is that, like Daniel said, if they brought up Bruce Kulick on stage, sure, a bunch of us, maybe like 15% of the audience will be like, "Yeah, that's Bruce. I can't believe he's up there." And the other 85% will be like, "Who the hell is that guy?" You know, <laughs> yeah, someone, someone from the audience. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's the pro- that's the thing. It just shows now how much of the audience is really more walk up you know, general knowledge fans than diehard fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing, you know, and I think you guys are right, though, too. I mean, I don't believe for one minute they asked everybody to come and participate with us because it's just it's just too much hassle. And Doc has made a great point of mentioning it, how subtly he said it, too, to not be too insultive, how he said that Ace and them are a huge part of this band. And, you know, th- those very important but they couldn't continue possibly with them. You know, that little last little jab in the ribs there at the end for Ace and for Peter. But, you know, it's it, it, I understand where that comes from. I mean, if they wanted to get to this point, the way things were going, they couldn't handle having them in the band still. So, but, you know, that, that's it's it's interesting, all these little points that Doc, Doc brings up. He's Like you said, Julian, he's a good politician, this guy. Yeah, you know, I, and you just raised that other point, you know, you perceived it as a little jab. I actually didn't for once. I didn't think he was being offensive towards Peter and Ace in particular by saying that they couldn't continue on with them. I don't think any of them would deny that at the time that Peter and Ace left the band, that the band could not continue. That's why they left. Um, hmm. So I, I was actually okay with that because he didn't call them you know the names that have so frequently been used to describe their their sins 35 freaking years ago um Mm. you know and have insulted sobriety hard fought so i i I didn't get upset with that part of it but he also said again how the hell do you work with two catmen or two spacemen on stage Mm. um can you be unfair to tommy and say stay off stage or you know, take your makeup off while Peter, uh, sorry, while uh, Ace comes on. And I don't think, you know, both of those guys, when they left the band, they took off their makeup. So I, I, I think they don't get to reclaim that guys. But I don't think any of it's insurmountable. I think it's unlikely. You know, you guys have already explained that it, most people wouldn't recognize Bruce coming up on stage in the audience. You wouldn't want to see two cat men up there. You know, and, and I've talked about it before of how I envisage it being feasible uh, in the case of Peter and Ace, you know, that Eric plays piano wearing his makeup and Peter, they just move the piano back a little bit and give Peter the front of the stage, the focus, you know, he gets to throw his roses out and sing it with the guys, the rest of them in the background in their makeup with Ace it's the same. You have him come on and do Shock Me with Tommy. Tommy's wearing the makeup. They can have a right old guitar war, you know, shooting missiles Mm -hmm. at each other or at the truss, wherever they want, you know, whatever makes them feel good. So I I think it's there are scenarios that could work, but it would take willingness on both sides um, for the guys who left the band to simply admit that's my past, that's my history, that is gone but i still own this fucking song and can get up on stage and show you how to sing it properly or to perform it properly and show the audience you know this is my this is me but i'm not a part of that anymore and i'm happy with that so the only speak. thing i would love the only thing i would love to see is bruce kulik having the opening slot you know performing unmasked material but that again is a difficult thing to do I mean, seeing that band performing Kiss stuff perfectly and then having to listen to, you know, Kiss doing it not as good. So I don't think that will happen either. 
Unfortunately, well, I think that would be really cool. What I wouldn't mind is if on the last show they, you know, they got to the last song just before the encore, and then they go off stage and come back for the encore, and then at that point, here comes Ace and Peter. With no, no, at that point, no Tommy or, or Eric Singer, but Ace and Peter come out in their costumes from whatever the past it could be or new whatever and then they play like three songs with that original lineup and then the last song happens rock roll night and they're all out there for that and you know that's it send it off the problem is the original lineup isn't the important thing anymore it's it's more the makeup they, they don't add people to the shows by bringing in Peter and Ace, uh, it's the makeup. So, oh, yeah, yeah really I, I, no... I wouldn't mind. I mean, we're talking the last yeah, show. Yeah, we wouldn't mind. We're but... talking the last show where the yeah. that the, the, the Kiss Army is going to come out yeah, the... for the, for no, the they last better, show. They better film that fucker. That's all I'm it, saying is that, that yeah, last, yeah. The, the last Kiss, they got to come up with a title that works for it. But you know what else I want that day? I want to have the Kissettes. I want you know, the girls from the yeah. cover of Love Gun doing background vocals, and, helping yeah. out with the high parts, <laughs> and the, I want them to go all in. Just think of that, that you had like three awesome. on either side for nice symmetry, you know, kind of a take take it off, you know, for a bit of a vibe mm. going from that. Um, that would make me really happy, just because, you know, bands like Motley Crue, had, you know, had, uh, what, what were those yeah, girls called? Dancers. Um, yeah. Bad yeah, habits. The bad habits. Bad okay. <laughs> you know, and to have, if you're going to have other things on stage, like have the members, members of the family, then have things that distract as well. Because, you know, again, having, say, Ace come out wearing a 77 costume or Peter coming out with his, you know, Love Gun Bandoleros and all that, mm. you know, the cassettes. Yeah. God. I mean, it's never going to be like Metallica's 30th anniversary, where you had all those people up on, you know, coming mm. up on stage. But you had King Diamond. I think he wore his makeup yep. uh, for that performance. So you did have one guy in makeup and everyone else mm-hmm. out. So um, the big four ones, what was that? They, they jammed at the end. Was it Am I Evil? Yes, it was. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 And, and you song. Know, nine guitars. Yeah, yeah. yeah only one, only only one was plugged in, I think. But there you go. Yeah. All, all <laughs> but I think the difference is Metallica's 30th anniversary felt um, genuine, sort of. It felt like they wanted to do it. All the guys wanted to do it. They wanted to become friends, and yeah, that feeling is nowhere to be found when it comes to Kiss. So, so yeah. you couldn't do it like that. Yeah, there was a lot of peacemaking going on for the 30th, especially with Dave, you know, that, that yeah. being the, the biggest kind of one that they, you know, they healed over some of those wounds. You, you can never completely heal them. There's always going to be a scar from that sort yeah. of damage. I want to end on just one quick question. You know, I had a whole bunch of ones you know, from the FAQ this week mm-hmm. of topics, uh, but one that should be quick to end on. And uh, Daniel, is Love Gun the worst set opener Kiss has ever used as a song? No. It's quite good, I think. But uh, Creatures of the Night, Deuce, and a few others are, of course, better. But uh, I think they've always managed to have great opening songs, both on albums and at shows. They're really good at that. And uh, Love Gun with, you know, all the lasers and the bombs that go off, I think it worked quite quite well but uh not as good as deuce or you know creatures of night and deuce i think are the best openers uh so uh, it's not the the worst thing they could open with love theme from kiss anyone have they ever opened with that no i don't hope not i don't think so (laughs) maybe on the final show cad uh no it's it's not um i'm trying to think of all the, the openers i mean they did and a Psycho Circus, uh, which some could say, well, maybe not, but uh, it still worked uh, yeah. pretty pretty well. Um, I think most of the openers that they've chosen have been right on. But again, I, you know, yeah, I wouldn't start off with "I Was Made for Love You." I think we discussed that <laughs> a few weeks ago. But anyway, Mark. <clears throat> yeah. Um... 
I don't think it's a bad opener either, but I mean, if you think about the ones that we've all named that were opening songs, then you, then you kind of rethink about that question and say, well, is Love Gun better opener than, let's say, Creatures? Is Love Gun better an opener than, you know, Deuce? Is Love Gun a better opener than Detroit Rock City? I think so far we'd be all saying no to all of those. So in a way, it's starting to look like it could be possibly the worst opening song that Kiss has King done. King of the Mountain, I think is worse. King of the Mountain, they used right. it for, uh, yes, in 95, didn't they open with King of the Mountain in Japan? No. No. Which one did they, did they open no, with? King, King, of, King of the Nighttime World. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, just, I'm just stuck in my your head in asylum. asylum. <laughs> of course, King of the Nighttime World. The one from Destroyer. I think they opened with that one in, in 95. No, King, in Dynasty, King of the Mountain uh, is. They, they opened with that on, on the Dynasty tour, King of the Nighttime World. Yeah, and, and in. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. Maybe that's the worst opening. No, I think that's song. worse. No. Yeah. No, modern day Delilah, when they were being, oh, really? lowered, being lowered to the straight, uh, to the stage, That's and right. that just repeating the riff over when it got a little slow. Yeah, it was too and long. It, it was too it's, long. it's also happened with Psycho Circus when they've had to yeah, add in a few repeta- uh, repetitions stuck. of that. But yeah, modern but day Deuce Delilah, didn't work. Deuce didn't work when they did that as well. You know, they have played when they played the opening uh, riff to Deuce for way too many times. So it's because the, it takes too long for them to roll the, their wheelchairs to the microphones before they can start playing. <laughs> that's the problem. Wheel, so, uh, I think that's the problem because if, if, a, they play, if they played Psycho Circus <laughs> and Modern Day Delilah as they sound on the record, you know, a short, edgy beginning, uh, they work as well. Yeah, but Detroit Rock City works very well to be extended when they need a, you know, an extra, you know. Yeah, couple maybe. Of seconds. I think that one is probably the most forgiving opener for the opening yeah. that where they are lowered to the stage. You know, when they mm. just come blasting onto the stage, walking on yeah. Deuce or Modern Day Delilah yeah. in its album form, like you just said, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely, it would work fine. Um, but again, all all depends how how the start of the show is. All right, let's leave all that there. That's a bunch of uh, somebody get me a doctor love. Uh, Ken, nice title, by the way, that will be used. So, you know, what are your thoughts on all of these uh, kind of aspects of, you know, the interview with Mitch that Doc did um, that came out this week and some of the other comments? Obviously, it's all about David Lee Roth, pretty much. Um, a lot of this show today, so including his comments on multiple touring versions of Kiss. You know, we, we've covered that before, as Ken said, but, you know, it becomes more of reality the closer we get to the actual end of the road. So it sounds like things are, you know, are being discussed. So what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on everything that we've talked about today? So for now, from Ken, from Daniel, from Mark and myself, thank you for joining us, and we shall see you next time. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.